just who's a great adventurer? A guy. That, wait a minute. <laughs> What's this movie playing in the background? This seems like a bunch of hogwash to me. <laughs> I was uh, had to do a, some rebooting and some cleaning up on the uh, old desktop, and uh, so this mother fricker would run goddamn correctly, and I could actually, uh, you know, put in my IMDb and my things that I need to do a show, a classic Sylvan Gold episode, which I'm sure it will be. <laughs> um. Now, let's see. What's going on here? Well, yesterday, Jesus H. Christ, um, it rained and rained and rained. It was like um, in the Green Berets with John Wayne and David Jansen, Jim Hutton. I almost said Timothy Hutton, Tim Hutton, but that's the son. Um, it, just like a fucking monsoon, it would just rain so hard and thunder and lightning, which scares the shit out of the dog, so I have to bring them in. And then it would clear up and be as clear as could be. And then the next thing you know, same thing. And then all night long, it just kept doing that. Monsoon, monsoon, monsoon. Uh, but today we got lucky and got up and uh, got moving. Uh, got to take a nice long walk on the trail. Meet a new dog friend named Klaus, who looked like some kind of pointer uh, with a lady. Um uh, so that was nice, and he was uh, only a year old, and I guess she she uh, was trying to train him off the leash, and then when she saw us coming, she grabbed his collar, but um, he kind of slipped away and came over, but luckily Mary and Chief are pretty friendly, and um, like I said, he's just a young pup, so I mean, he was big, but he was, you know, really young, so he just wanted to come over and sniff some buttholes and say hello. <laughs> So anyway, we uh, decided to come back here and eat some pumpkin seeds, eat some cabbage, carrots, uh, some brown rice, uh, and some uh, nachos. Kind of use the nachos as a spoon. Um, I still am the world's fattest uh, vegetarian, I guess. (laughs) So far. Oh, lordy. We're working on it, people. I'm trying to be healthy. Walking, fucking, uh... Walking up and down, like, three flights of steps for 15 minutes twice a day. And then coming back here and walking about five miles and still fucking fat. I guess when you just get old, it doesn't matter. You're just, you just might as well just decide you're gonna be, you're just gonna be fat. Um... But I guess fat is relative to your surroundings like if I was standing beside a hippo then I would look like um, I was going to say Jackie Gleason but what kind of sense does that make I would look like fucking um, Herbert Hoover that's another one that I don't know that makes no sense either I can't like my my brain is not who's who's uh, like one of the what's his name in uh, 300 uh, Michael Fassbender the the uh the guy who was like happy and laughing about fighting battles and stuff, and I think it was just because he wanted to hang out with his boys and their washboard abs and shit and go camping <laughs> and fight the dark, the the deliciously swollen dark men. Uh, anyway, 
This is a movie podcast, so we make movie references. If you can't keep up, fucking dig it. You know what I'm saying? Hit the bricks, daddy. God damn, this chair's squeaky. Even if I fucking just... I, I sound like I was masturbating, which I assure you I was not. Hmm. <laughs> Even the Ryan Gosling's on the iPad beside me. I was, um... I was, um, watching... Not watching, but just while the computer was rebooting Only God Forgives. That's one of my go-to movies, I guess. Uh, what do I have on here that I uh, got coming up that you'll be hearing about in the near future, but not right now? Let's see. Recently added. What do I got on here? Um, I have a movie called Call Me By Your Name. I think Army Hammer is in that. I have uh, I Kill Giants. Uh, with Zoe Zaldana and Madison Wolf, I have not seen that. I think Scott Clickers and the Clickies uh, recommended that. And uh, The Lion Woman, uh, that's one I had never heard of that looks pretty interesting, at least interesting, you know. Um, and that's about it for ones that I have on here. I mean, I have some other ones I'm interested in that have just recently come out on the tunes of I, but they ha- they are either not for rent yet or they are um, kind of uh, what do you call it um, not cheap enough. Like you know they're like they're like the five ninety nine rental instead of the three ninety nine rental, and uh, so I'm just kind of waiting for those to go down a little bit. That would be uh, like Rampage with The Rock. Uh, Isle of Dogs, which Loaf recommended. I thought about watching that Tomb Raider with the new girl in it, but I'm going to wait on that one because I had heard, uh, I don't know, the reviews weren't that great, but it's something that I would, wouldn't mind checking out. Um, let's see, what else we got going on here? Uh, Pacific Rim, I want to see that one. Wait for that. Uh, uh, Beirut or Beirut with uh, John Hamm and Rosamund Pike. Uh, that seems like my kind of movie. Uh, like I said, waiting for that one to go down too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love when people, when uh, like uh, athletes or or whoever are getting interviewed and they say, you know what I'm saying all the time. Uh, I find that uh, for some reason I think that's kind of funny. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to get in the habit of doing that because it is annoying. I don't see anything else. I thought there was something. Oh, uh, Sicario Saldado is coming out. I believe maybe tomorrow. May it came out today, and instead of doing this fucking show, I might have been able to go see that before I had to go to bed. Full of cabbage. Anyway, cabbage head, cabbage body. Um, let's see what's going on here, people. Um, I had some movies that I watched, uh, and I had some stuff to talk about. Nothing, no drama this week, which I, you know, it, it's more. Uh, just some stuff that uh, other people have watched and commented on, so I thought maybe I would, I would comment on it too. Yes, to keep this family, it will be like a family. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I think I talked about Moonlight last episode from 2016, and that I did like that because I remember comparing it to like a Linklater movie from where they go the different generations. But I really like that movie. Anyway. Um, one, I'm trying to think who that one actor actor is in it that I really liked. It was the guy, and now that I have not, um, now that I have not seen it, I'll never be able to remember. 
Unless I can find... Eh. It was the guy that played um, the lead character, the, the first guy that really um, kind of took him in and became like a father figure to him. I really liked that, that relationship and and, uh, and that actor. I thought he did a really good job. And, and there was um, some stuff in this one that it just reminds you a lot of... It, it actually, I mean, it, it touched like a... Um, like a lot of emotion uh because here you know this this uh young guy who um really feels out of place or out of sorts for for different reasons and like i said even though um the the um profession of this guy that i was talking about that that becomes like the father figure that actually takes an interest in him when he's young um is suspect uh it, it was kind of cool that you know he did what he did and you know he he saw this this young kid uh being kind of picked on and stuff like that and just kind of took it upon himself to say hey you know man come on um i think probably no because he knew maybe he kind of related to to him and knew like where they lived and you know kind of maybe related to not having a dad around and that maybe he could just bring something to his life and give him uh you know the love and attention uh that you know probably every little kid needs and um i thought i just thought that was pretty cool and pretty pretty the whole story all the way around i thought was really good but like i said i think i talked about that last week so i don't want to bore yins um i watched a movie uh, that Loaf had seen and recommended called Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. And um, this one stars Luke Evans, uh, Rebecca Hall, Bella Heathcote. And um, I knew it had something to do with the character Wonder Woman from comic books and that uh, the guy was the creator of Wonder Woman. So I wasn't sure what it was actually going to be, but it was on iTunes, and I think it was one of those ones. It's probably like ninety-nine cents or whatever. But boy, was it totally different than what I thought it was going to be. I was not at all familiar with the story, and uh, I didn't expect it to be rated R either. <laughs> but it almost has to be because of the subject matter. Um, if you have not seen this. I recommend it not as much for, like, you know, the acting was, was good. I mean, it wasn't bad or anything. It wasn't, like, stupendous or, you know, like you're sitting there going, oh, my God, this was so good. The subject matter is really interesting, and the characters are really interesting, and uh, what the the whole thing's about. So if you see this and you think, okay, this is about the guy who uh, wrote Wonder Woman, and, and it's kind of going to be like a... A, a nerd fest galore uh it's not it's more than that and it's definitely interesting written and directed by angela robinson but uh so i would recommend it you know if you if you can rent it or get it via other means definitely check it out oh, if i had a hammer i'd hammer in the morning i was listening to that before i fucking got online too uh peter paul and mary 
As I'm sure a lot of you know, I must have uh, been brought up. Well, first of all, my parents um, graduated high school at the end uh, in like 1960. So a lot of their music was from the 50s, uh, Elvis, the Platters, Chuck Berry, uh, all the 50s music. But not only that, the um, early 60s music, which was kind of a transition period. And then, of course, then you got into uh, when the Beatles came over, the Rolling Stones and Bob Dylan and all that stuff. Uh, They weren't as much Bob Dylan fans uh, other than the songs, you know, that he wrote that maybe like other people did. Uh, I think I, I'm trying to think how I got into Bob Dylan. I really, maybe it was from my, um, uh, my cousin who was, a, I have two cousins, brother and sister that are, uh, I would say maybe like six to maybe even almost nine years older than me and so I got a lot of musical um, influence from them and that that goes a lot well some of their stuff um, like a lot of the um, I'm trying to think like a lot of the John Denver and things like that I got from them um, kind of like music that's uh, you know about nature and things like that, but I, I was going to say the um, the uh, folk uh, music stuff. I'm not sure where the fuck that comes from, <laughs> but there's a lot of things like that. But Peter, Paul, and Mary, and um, and like I said, Bob Dylan, Woody Guthrie, and that kind of stuff um, that is really lyric lyric driven. But not only that. Um, if you watch, uh, you know, uh, Inside Lewin Davis, there, there, there's a lot of, you know, that's what the whole fucking movie's based on, that 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 uh, culture in New York at that time when, you know, people were making that kind of music and uh, going in the studio and everything like that. But that's pro- that probably comes from my mom and dad's generation, too, just listening to the radio when I was a little kid and things like that. But anyway, so... <laughs> I don't know how I got off on that fucking tangent, but like I was going to say, some of you that, that to see uh, some of the fucking music that I, I post, ca- uh, compare. I guess every generation, and e- well, every person has stuff that, that that means something to them, that hits them a certain way, that like other people don't get, or they don't get at that time. I've talked about that before, how there's, there's music that my sisters might have liked, and I was like, oh my god, I fucking hate that, and then I finally got into it, and I got it for myself and that's sort of how this is um anyway i watched a um animated movie called justice league gods and monsters from 2015 and this was directed by sam Liu, and uh the voice actors on this there's a few of them that i recognize benjamin bratt who was on uh, law and order and who dated um Julia Roberts for for quite a while. Uh, Michael C. Hall, I believe that's Dexter, isn't it? He plays Batman uh, or Kirk Langstrom. Um, well, when I say that, it, 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 and C. Thomas Howell, 
uh, who else is in this that I've seen? Because this one actually had a few people. Some of these you don't, Richard Chamberlain, you don't uh, recognize the voice actors, but they're really good. They're not like uh, uh, people you've seen on screen, but this one has a few of them. And the reason I said the Batman, a.k.a. Kirk Langstrom, or Superman, a.k.a. Hernan Gura, uh, is this is kind of an alternate oh, it's not kind of an alternate reality movie it is an alternate reality movie and I did not know that when I um, started watching it and uh, I really liked it I kind of uh, there's I think that in comics the, they they get off on that a little bit too much now and uh, alternate realities space travel alternate dimensions and everything but I guess you can do whatever the fuck you want um, and that just gives you more of a of a um, a broader canvas to paint on. Uh, I guess uh, somebody said this was based on an actual. Um, they they were going to do. I don't know if it was in a, in a comic, like a series they were going to do, or if it was just part of a mini series. And this is just like one part of it. Uh, where they have the alternate reality, uh, I kind of dug it. Uh, Batman, um, it's it's uh, what the fuck's all this noise going on here? Miniseries. Hey Siri. Hey Siri. I didn't ask you a. I didn't ask you a goddamn question, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> and guess what? She shut up. <laughs> what the fuck? All of a sudden, my goddamn Siri was listening into what I was saying and found fucking like some kind of alternate dimension Batman thing, which is pretty cool, Siri, but Jesus Christ, I'm right in the middle of this fucking thing. You couldn't write this shit if you tried. Anyway, um, like Batman... Um, or I'm sorry, Superman comes to Earth sort of the same way that, with a little bit of a hitch uh, from Krypton, but uh, lands in Mexico, and uh, uh, this Mexican husband and wife find him and raise him, and Batman's character is tweaked. It's a little bit different, uh, 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 what's going on with him, and, and just about all the characters. But you also have um, the, um, what is it, the... Was it the All Father or whatever? And uh, you have what the hell are these shitheads? I wanted to say Doomsday, but goddamn it, these assholes in DC Universe. So you have the High Father, and um, Doomsday is not Doomsday. Doomsday is the one that that uh, fucking beat the shit out of Superman. Who's the asshole that uh, uh, Dark Side's? Who I'm trying to think of. He's in it too. Anyway, let's move on. That was pretty good. Um, um, so far, I haven't really been disappointed with any of this animated, uh, like, DC stuff that I have watched. I went to the movie theater, yes, the other day, and there was really nothing playing that I was just dying to see. I thought about going to see Ocean's 8, because I believe that Justin Oberholzer, the cinemasochist, had said he went to see it and it was pretty good. And I'm kind of like, uh, don't, uh, uh, at this moment, in love with Anne Hathaway. <laughs> but we won't talk about that because I'm a gentleman. Um, anyway, so the early um, 
shows are, you know, there's a couple of them, and so it's a little bit limited. Uh, and it was really nice out. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to run over there and go see something. And the movie Tag, uh, directed by Jeff Tomsick, uh, written by Rob McKittrick, Rob McKittrick and Mark Stellan, starring Jeremy Renner, Ed Helms, Jake Johnson, and John Hamm, who's the chick, uh, Ilsa Fisher, who's always, you know, kind of wild and strange, crazy cute but crazy like in a in a psychopathic way um but okay here's the thing i drive over there and when i get there the entire fucking parking lot is just jammed and this is in a mall uh but it's so early in the morning and usually when i go to those early shows it's you know there's hardly anybody there and i'm like what the fuck so i timed it so i would get there you know probably eh, when the previews have already started but you know probably about the beginning of that so anyway i have to park what you know not super far away but compared to where i usually do it was too far and um as soon as i get out of the car it starts pouring down the rain like a torrential downpour so i'm running across the fucking parking lot getting wet there was no way i could run fast enough not to get just fucking wet and i'm like what are all these fucking cars here they, they can't be for the movie. There must be a sale or something going on. But, I mean, you know, the mall probably had just opened. So I go in and, and, you know, again, usually when you go at 10.30 in the morning, you just walk up and buy your fucking ticket. There were people standing in line. Well, it was the first day for the new Jurassic Park movie and the first day for the new Incredibles movie. And also, it was fucking raining, so everybody brought their goddamn kids or came to see the new Jurassic Park movie or whatever. So I get in there, and of course the movie hadn't started or anything. I saw a trailer for the movie uh, The Nun, which is coming out. And I'm sitting there watching that, and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, uh, I guess Tag is rated R, so we might get to see some, you know, uh, more adult movies. trailers and there was probably eh, besides me five other people in the whole place and i sit up on the top the top row that's my new thing now i'm like uh wild bill hickok i have to sit with my back to the wall in case the shit goes down <laughs> i'm like sitting all the way at the top for some reason now um because first of all you don't have to worry about anybody sitting behind you and i sit right on the row so in case i have to fucking bolt you know make it make a run for it uh to go to the bathroom or to um, uh, dodge bullets or what happened that actually happened so anyway i'm watching the the trailer for the nun and i'm i'm like okay what the fuck's this and they're talking about the conjuring and annabelle and i think my friend randy had watched the movie annabelle and i kind of remembered kind of sort of the gist of what that was about but i didn't see it and the conjuring i hadn't seen but i i vaguely know that it exists and that there were at least two of them maybe another one on the way i don't know but it seemed like they were saying oop that um that maybe they were all related or i you know sometimes you don't know if they're if they're just in the same universe if they are 
connected or if it's just a spiritual, you know, whatever, cousin of that fucking, those fucking movies. But like I said, I hadn't seen him, seen it. <clears throat> so I'm watching it and it's a horror movie, of course. And I, and it's kind of creepy and everything. Well, okay. <laughs> the trailer got me. That's all I'll say. A motherfucker. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, but that, the the less said about that, the better, because I'm all man. Um, so anyway, then this movie uh, tag starts up. And um, I'm thinking, okay, I hope this is good. I think that some of the, some of the, the uh, I was going to say gentlemen, but that's the other group. Uh, some of the lads in the uh, silver and gold group had maybe went to see it. And um, I don't know if they said they liked it or not, but I thought, well, I'll go see it anyway. And, you know, like I said, uh what do you call it? <laughs> Comedies. Sometimes, you know, you never know. And I started watching it, and they explained the concept of it, which is, and I'm, this is not giving anything away, this is the concept of the whole fucking movie. These guys um, started playing tag, a game of tag, when they were little kids. And this game of tag has went on, and they're all like middle-aged men now. So if one of them lives in New York, one of them lives in fucking uh, Florida, the other one lives in Denver or whatever, um, this could happen at any time. They it, the 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 thing it's they said it's to that's how to keep you young, you know, you want to keep doing like kid things or or just fun things like that. And um, so I was like, okay, well that's kind of a uh, you know cool concept or what or I don't know if it's cool, but you know an interesting concept because it says based on a true story. So I started watching this, and then I watched some more. Then I watched some more. And then I started thinking, this is not, like, that funny. And I started thinking, okay, is this going to be this generation's dodgeball, which I fucking walked out of in Las Vegas, Nevada? Uh I like John Hamm. I like what's that one fucker's name? Um, Jake Johnson. I like him. Like I said, Ilsa Fisher. I could see like uh, you know her being a little wild and fun and everything. Jeremy Renner. I can kind of I don't know do without. I I can I can you know. Eh. Uh, Annabella Wallace. I believe as soon as I saw her, uh, people were talking online the other day about. Um, once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is going to be the Quentin Tarantino movie that's coming out that, that's kind of based around um, the Charles Manson, Sharon, well, the Sharon Tate, uh, Lobianca uh, murders uh, that involved, you know, Charles Manson and his family. And they were saying that uh, Margot Robbie, that they just didn't see her playing Sharon Tate. And some of them, of course, you know, on there are like, she, she's nothing compared to Sharon. You know, there's no way. She's not as pretty, blah, 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 blah. Which I said, you know, hey, I'll take a wait and see. I think she's pretty and everything. But they said that there's this one actress that they thought should play Sharon Tate. And, oh, I think it is Annabella Wallace. Because as soon as I saw her up on, up on the screen, I was like, this chick looks like Sharon Tate. Um, let me look her up just to make sure I'm not fucking pulling y'all's leg. Don't want to be, don't want to be messing with you. Uh, let's see. Google. Yes, that's Google. 
Annabelle Wallace. Arizona Anna. Yeah, that's it. Dig it. If I had a hammer. Yeah, that's that's who it is. Uh, when I saw her, I thought, yeah, she does she does resemble Sharon Tate. So, but you know, anyway, I kinda, yeah, kinda. I can see it. Anyway, um, but to be honest with you, people. This movie, I just was like, okay, this has just fallen flat for me. It is not hitting on any level with me. There was like maybe one or two things that they did that kind of made me chuckle a little bit, and it was more um, them chasing each other. And one of the guys, one of the actors, of course, must have had a GoPro on because when he was running, it was like the camera was out in front of him, and you could see the terrified look on his face. But then I just got to where I was like, you know what? I do not want to sit here for another fucking 45 minutes or however long I had left. And this thing hasn't gotten me yet. And I just feel like not only am I wasting my time, but I was sitting there rolling my eyes and just thinking, this fucking movie sucks. It is not working for me. And I need to get the, just get the fuck out of here. Now... When I left, I swear to God, I thought I didn't check until just now. But I kept thinking, I bet you five fucking dollars Ed Helms has something to do with writing this. Because I don't think he's fucking funny. I have seen him in other shit. I don't think he's funny. I think he's one of these guys that, that I don't know, like he uh, uh, is tries to do the nerd thing and like there's just something about him that i'm just like dude if you if you are fucking funny then i am a goddamn fucking uh goddamn comedy legend he is not fucking funny at all jeremy renner kind of eh, and john ham who i like i was just kind of like you know what the fuck ham you did the you were great in the town playing that cop and everything and you were great as Don in what the fuck's that goddamn Mad Men but Jesus Christ you know I can't get to stay away from Ed Helm stay away from this kind of comedy don't ever fucking make anything like this again this is just oh it's just wacky Rawr. fuck I mean this this uh, fucking a mad, mad mad world looks like uh, the goddamn funniest fucking movie alive. Compare it just ugh. And maybe if I would have stuck with it, it would have had some more raunchy humor or something. It sucked. I I even I I, I just ha- I just like fuck it. I, it was liberating. When I got up and walked out, it was like I worked this one job one time selling advertising for a newspaper, and I was just they gave me the worst territory that they had. Which it was the the territory I was in had another had, had a local newspaper, but they wanted me to try and get some of some business from them. Well, if people in that area wanted to advertise in the newspaper, they would advertise in their fucking newspaper. So I wasn't making any money, and I was just floundering, and I hated it and everything. The day I went in and fucking quit. When I walked out, I just wanted to just like do a fist pump and fucking and just go have a party and cheer. It was so liberating. And that's what it felt like when I walked out of this turd. The only thing that sucked was as I was walking down the aisle, because I was all the way up at the top, 
And like I said, there was only maybe like five or six other people in there. Uh, when I was walking out, I wanted to uh, f- f- fart loudly to show my displeasure and to, you know, show them what comedy is all about. <laughs> but I, I couldn't, I couldn't muster up anything. So then I had to go to the bathroom before I got in the car to leave and, uh, this is just like a little aside that means nothing. There was a guy with red um, Chuck Taylor, um, like canvas basketball shoes, uh, taking a shit in the bathroom. And I wanted to make a fart noise or something like that. I think I did when I was walking out because it's, it's like echoey. Uh, but I wanted to do something funny for him, too. Because <laughs> he was missing whatever movie, you know. He needed some he needed some uh, humor. I wanted to be like the guy in... Um, in moonlight, I wanted to, to take him under under my wing <laughs> and make him laugh a little bit, make these people laugh a little bit. I could, but I couldn't with all this cabbage and stuff. What the fuck? Anyway, started watching the second season of Luke Cage. I'm about three episodes into to that. Um, now, a couple of things about this: uh, the first season and this season. Uh, when you go into it, it's it has a real black exploitation feel to it. But the one thing is, it 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 is not um, just a free for all of action and ass kicking and you know that kind of stuff. They, this is more of they build a story and and it's you know there are times when I'm watching this and I do I almost want you know there to be more more action but it builds to that and you get more of that as it goes on there they they bring back some uh you know characters from the uh last season like uh well in the comics she's called Black Mariah and this one they just call her Mariah you have Misty Knight of course Luke Cage played by Mike Coulter he does a really good job Rosario Dawson um and <laughs> i was thinking i was like okay now i wonder if they're going to be a little bit more tame this season or you know or what and then as soon as i was thinking that luke and uh rosario dawson start fucking and of course instead of seeing rosario dawson's glorious boobies which you got to see in alexander you got to see mostly just luke cage's uh clinching butt cheeks as he um drives his uh bulletproof wang home i don't know is that what it means bulletproof i assume he's bulletproof down there he's bulletproof everywhere else but he was uh tapping that <laughs> well i mean they were making love now with jessica jones um he was tapping that ass now let's see okay anyway because everybody wants luke cage even in this even in this season you know he's become more famous and like even the old ladies and everybody are like when they see him walk by they're like god damn damn that luke cage um, now that motherfucker, I'm telling you what, he, if you're going to be bulletproof, you need to get some bulletproof clothing because he goes through sweatshirts and pants and, and fucking everything else. Like I was going to say like water, but that doesn't even make sense. Uh, but I mean, you know, he's just, he they gets fucking, when you get like shot with like machine guns and shotguns and shit like that at point blank range, uh, you know, you'd have to have a hell of a clothing bill because it just his clothes just get shredded all the time. But it's it's sort of not as much like um, Captain Kirk when he'd get in a brawl 
and his his uh, sweater or whatever Starfleet sweater would get torn and his pecs would be showing or whatever. It, it's not like that. You just get holes. You know, you don't. You know, you would think that they they would like show some more of that uh, Luke Cage bulletproof uh, uh, tough titties. Okay, moving right along. Uh, watched. Um, you know, I did the, the, the other day. The, 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 <laughs> You stuttering prick. Henry, you stuttering prick. I wasn't watching, like, I actually put these movies on my iPad because before I went to bed, I was watching uh, some clips from different movies on my iPad, just, you know, kind of settling down and getting ready to doze off. And um, I was watching a, a couple of clips from Hell or High Water, 2016, directed by David McKenzie, starring Chris Pine, Ben Foster, and Jeff Bridges. And um, it just made me think about how great Jeff Bridges is because of just all the little things that he did in this movie that made him stand out, that just made him a like a character... Not like a character, the part he's playing, but like somebody who is a character, like somebody who's who's just kind of a little odd and a little uh, wacky. But not only that, the one scene I was watching was when Ben Foster uh, splits up with his brother um, so they can get away, and he the cops are chasing him. He drives up on the fucking hill with a, a high-powered rifle, and Jeff Bridges throughout the whole movie. Uh, they build this relationship with him and his partner. And there's a scene there where something happens, and as I was getting ready to say this, I was just going to say what happened, but then, you know, some people still might not have seen it. Um, From, there are two different things that happen in that scene uh, where Ben Foster is up on the hill with the the high-powered rifle and the cops are down, they get they give up the high ground, you know, and he's up there holding them off. Uh, but there are two different scenes, or two different. I want well, I guess two different scenes here, where Jeff Bridges. I was just like, "Fuck, man, that motherfucker is great." Where he shows emotion, and in the second part that I'm thinking of, you get the instantaneous one emotion. And then that immediately turns to something else. And I was like, God damn, he's good. And I know that because every fucking thing I've seen him in since, uh, you know, he was young, he's been really good. He, uh, I mean, fuck, man. Uh, Jeff Bridges is awesome. Uh, And there was, (laughs) what's the one scene? The very last scene with Jeff Bridges and Chris Pine. And... Chris Pine is really in this scene. He's really tan. He's got his hair like throughout the whole movie. Most of the time, he he's you know just kind of out there and the wind's blowing and all this stuff. But he looks like goddamn Engelbert Humperdinck or something, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, he looks cool, but you know you're just like Jesus. I'm surprised Jeff Bridges just didn't get Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> you look just like Engelbert Humperdinck. So I sing you to sleep. After the loving, oh, <laughs> Engelbert Humper, Engelbert Humperdinck, motherfucker. Uh, I like, I like Engelbert Humperdinck. So you all can suck my dick. 
No, no, you can't. I may be cheap, but I'm not easy. Uh, let's see. I watched uh, 2017's Small Town Crime. This was a recommend from my friend Tim. Um, I had never heard of it or anything, and uh, it's uh, directed by Isham Nelms and Ian Nelms, and written by Isham Nelms and Ian Nelms. So I don't know if they're the new Cohen brothers or what, but they were pretty fucking good, I'll tell you that. Uh, and one of the reasons that this caught my caught my eye or my attention or whatever is that it stars John Hawks. And I think most of us uh, fellow cinephilias um, are big fans of John Hawks from uh, Winter's Bone and, oh shit, uh, I can't remember the other one with, where he was a detective that was on um, Netflix here recently. But anyway, you know, and it also has Robert Forster, who I really like. Uh, Anthony Anderson, who was also on Law & Order, toward the end, he played... Um, St. Bernard. His name's Bernard, but they called him St. Bernard because he's a big dude. Um, but I really like this. I thought, oh, and Katie Lotz. I have to mention her because she is on DC's Legends of Tomorrow. That is Sarah Lance, a.k.a. White Canary. And she looks really hot in this. Uh, I thought this was really good. I uh, never heard of it before. It is kind of a, I guess, neo-noir kind of a uh, a movie uh, where and I think Hawks does a good job of this. Like I said, the other movie that he was in, I can't pull that out of my ass right now. Let me look. Meh. If I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. In the evening, all over this land. Come on, IMDb. This computer is just driving me crazy. This computer is driving me crazy. Too late. Okay, he played a, a, a detective in that, and he kind of plays a, you know, a detective in this one. And he, I, I want to see more of him playing these parts. Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, and they do sort of. I don't know if they, if these are the kind of guys that would want to do sequels or whatever. Uh, or, and I don't know. Maybe this is uh, based on a series of books or something. Uh, because they seem like they kind of left it open to have more adventures of Mike Kendall, uh, who is who John Hawks plays. An alcoholic ex-cop finds the body of a young woman uh, and through an act of self-redemption becomes hell-bent on finding her killer. So, you know, it's some pretty fucking good shit. <laughs> I can't believe I actually do this fucking show. It's stupid. <laughs> Okay, say no to crack. Um, let's see. The next thing I... So I recommend that one. <laughs> Whatever it was called. <laughs> Small Town Crimes. I watched uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo from 2009. Or Hatar Kivinor. Hatar Kivinor. And this uh, was directed by Nils Arden Oplev. Uh, written by all well, the screenplay uh, Nicolaj Arcel and um, blah 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 uh, <laughs> Rasmus Heistenberg uh, sorry Michael Nivquist Nivquist and uh, Nivquist and uh, Numi Rapace Rapace 
Um, anyway, I've seen this a million times now. And, um, you know, what's funny is I've watched this one a bunch, but I have only seen the sequels. Um, the girl who kicked the hornet's nest and, um, the girl who played with fire i've only seen them maybe a couple of times uh, i did not think that they were as good as the uh, first one but anyway the reason i wanted to watch this was they have a new movie coming out uh, the girl in the spider's web and um farting and thinking <laughs> Farting and thinking and hoping and praying. Ah, la la la. Stieg Larsson uh, only wrote uh, the, the the first three, and then the new one. I guess it's kind of like the James Bond or the Star Wars books. Uh, people are taking the Lisbeth uh, Salander character and uh, have going. You know, I don't know if I'd say other adventures or whatever. Um, so I I actually would like to see that one. Uh, where are we at here, people? If I had a hammer... Oh, I just want to make sure we're still rolling. Hating. Patrolling. Uh, but anyway, I still like this one. It still disgusts me. The fucking uh, pervert uh, um, probation officer and everything. But the... Um, I love uh, Michael Nivkvist and the relationship that they build uh, with him and Lisbeth. Or... Um, nah, well... Uh, Mikael Blomqvist and Lisbeth. Uh, I like that relationship that they build up between those two. And I like the, uh, the whole mystery of what's going on because uh, I was reading that like Stieg, Stieg Larsson, you know, when he was doing this, he wanted to, to it's like a detective uh, story where nothing adds up and the shit that you're getting, you know, doesn't make sense or whatever um and i'm sure you know it, but but it helps as as things come you know it's nothing's spoon fed or hand fed and there was a couple times because i watched this with uh, some other people one time and when the clues were coming up they were like oh my god this is why what's going on and what happened and everything they're like oh that's so gross but you know there's there's i wouldn't say there's a reason why there's there's red herrings and everything but i like that there is it's not so simple and the main thing for me isn't as much um finding out what happened i mean that's of course a huge part of it and everything and what they're trying the case they're trying to solve but the main thing for me is like i said the relationship between uh blumquist and lisbeth I love those two together. And like I said on the group, I, it just sucks that uh, Michael Nivkvist uh, passed away. He, you know, he was also in John Wick. Uh, but I, I just, when I see him, after I watched this the first time, every time I saw him in another movie, I was like, you know, there's a um, fucking uh, Blumkvist. So anyway, uh, I might I might get the other two out. I think I have those on DVD and watch those too. Not to get caught up. It's just kind of like, you know, like I said, I haven't seen uh, the other two in so long that uh, it's about time to, to look at them again because I, I forget a lot about it or what happened. Uh, watch 1979's Breaking Away. 
uh, directed by Peter Yates, uh, starring Dennis Christopher, Dennis Quaid, Daniel Stern, and Rorschach, who is Jack Earl Haley. Um, I and also uh, Paul Dooley, who I believe I've mentioned before um, was from up around the, my parts where I'm from. Uh, so let's see who else. What was that girl's name? Was it Nancy? Oh, she was so pretty, and I forgot that. That was the the uh, and PJ Souls is in this, and she always kind of is. She's like, I think I've seen her play this kind of part before, where she's like a little asshole, little fucking rat-eyed fucking little sorority bitch. She's not have that big of a part in this, and I shouldn't say that, but uh, because she's she's kind of cute, but um, I don't know. I did, she she kind of pissed me off something she did in this. <laughs> I'm getting a little too involved. Dennis Quaid was really good in this. Uh, fucking son of a bitch is just cut, shredded. He's one of those assholes that probably never lifted a weight in his life, but just had the washboard abs and everything. Dennis Christopher was great. At first, it was it was kind of annoying when I started watching it, and he was doing all the Italian stuff because he becomes like enamored with uh, these Italian uh, bicycle racers. And so he starts speaking in Italian at home. But that's the way it's supposed to be. And I could just see uh, when when being his age, doing stupid shit like that. <laughs> you know. But anyway, he's really good. And Barbara Barry plays his mom. Her and Paul Dooley were really good. Uh, Jackie Earl uh, was excellent. Um, he kind of plays the same character that he played in uh, Bad News Bears, I think. Uh, it's It's kind of cool to think that, okay, he is... It would be kind of cool if they came out in like a new Watchmen movie and uh, the kid in Bad News Bears, then uh, Moocher in this, uh, that they were the same person and they grew up to be Rorschach. That would be awesome. And Daniel Stern was awesome in this too. I mean, he's just a big doofus. But, uh, you know, I always liked him. He was good in other stuff. Uh, Home Alone with Joe Pesci and uh, that Macaulay Culkin. Uh, watched all oh my god from uh, 2017 see this show's not going to be that long um, but I just wanted to get on here and do it um, let's see uh, 2017's The Death of Stalin written and directed by Armando Inucci Iannucci uh, and those couple of other you know they got a David Schneider too uh, this stars Steve Buscemi Simon Russell Beale Jeffrey Tambor got a bunch of people in it um, that you, Olga Kuryanko, who is, oh God, she's so good looking, uh, Patty Considine. Um, anyway, this movie is fucking really good. Michael Palin, uh, I already said Buscemi. But anyway, okay, let's go. <laughs> Dipshit. Uh, Jason Isaacs is excellent in this. He's awesome. Um, Okay, now, this movie, The Death of Stalin, I uh, believe it's based on a play, and um, I have always been kind of interested in this actual um, subject. I got a, I used to go to this bookstore, which was up uh, as you were going towards Pittsburgh, called uh, Book Country or something. It was a a uh, wholesale books book place where they would send like you know the books that uh, didn't sell in the store that they had a whole shitload of audio books just regular books coffee table books paperback but every kind of book you can think of uh, and of course they're all new but uh, they just you know were overstocked or whatever so they send them there and I would be getting these books that were like um, 
you know, $30 hardback coffee table books or whatever, uh, and be getting them for like a couple of bucks a piece. So I, I used to drive up there, I mean, all the time. I had my two little dogs, uh, which have passed on, uh, Groucho and Mopey, and they were like little Chihuahua mix, mixed dogs. And I would take them up there with me. We would go on a road trip and, um, you know, when it, when the weather was nice. Well, I would get, even when, what the fuck? What the hell is this movie on here? <laughs> I must have clicked something. Um, anyway, but I would take them up there and go in and Jesus Christ, I'd come out with, I don't know how many fucking books. That's how I got a lot of my movie books. Um, uh, that are like, I have a, a book that's, they're kind of like, they're, they're, um, not hardcover. Some of them are, my, I think Marlon Brando, uh, maybe Robert Redford, but there's a lot of them that are kind of like coffee table sort of reference books that are soft cover. I have one, uh, I think of Charles Bronson. Um, I'm trying to think who else I have a, a good one about uh, foreign films. Um, Henry Fonda, Lee Marvin, Marlon Brando. I mean, just a whole bunch of people. I think maybe fucking Dennis Hopper. I can't remember, but I, I had just bought a whole shitload of those. Um, about every subject you could think of. Well, I got this book called Archangel, and it was by Robert Harris. And they made a movie about it with uh, Daniel Craig. Well, it was a, I think it was a miniseries. Uh, which was okay, but it just, you know, if it's like when you read a book about something and then you think, oh man, this would be so good, but then when they make it, it never lives up to it because they can't do nearly as much as what was in the book and, uh, especially you build up in your mind what these people are going to be like and what they're going to sound like. And when Daniel Craig, when I saw that he was going to be playing Fluke Kelso, the, the lead guy in the movie, um, I was kind of like, eh, cause I didn't really know that much about Daniel Craig at the time. I think I saw him in, um, oh shit. What the fucking hell is that movie? <laughs> God damn. I hate when I have to look up shit. Um, Because I'm going to start singing fucking if I had a hammer again and annoy the shit out of you guys. Even worse. Oh, goddamn. Come on. Where the hell is that at? Uh, Munich. Uh, That's the first thing I saw him in. And um, so I remembered liking him in that, but I just had in my mind uh, like uh, like somebody like John Hawks or somebody like that playing Flute Kelso, who is a a writer, and he's going to... He's he's a... a, um, a Russian expert and he's going to the symposium in Russia and some guy comes up to him and you know says hey you know uh, kind of sets him on a course a path uh, for this sort of mystery and everything but the, the and then they go back in time uh, you have scenes where they go back in time or you know part of the story where they go back in time and it's all it all revolves around Joseph Stalin and the death of Joseph Stalin so you have a lot of shit in there about Lavrenti Biria and all these characters that were involved in that and what happened. Now, this whole fucking thing has sort of been, you know, when they say a, a, a mystery wrapped up in a riddle, wrapped up in a whatever, you know, an enigma, uh, because the Soviet Union, uh, before it fell, all this shit was kept tight as a drum, you know. they And then they had a way of... Um, since 
probably the Russian Revolution of trying to wipe out uh, real history and supplant it with uh, either fake shit or made up shit to either try and wipe people out of history or make them look like shit make them look like uh, you know either worse than what they were or whatever you know Uh, but it's like disinformation that they put out because they put out a lot of stuff um, it wasn't as much like a closed society but they wanted to the communists wanted to control everything and if somebody like like for how many years you know you saw these pictures of joseph stalin and he just looked so you know oh the man of steel you know joseph visarionovich and blah 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 and then they said if you saw him he he was people would be like oh my god he's so much older looking than than these pictures that they put up and he had a withered arm. One of his arms was withered and uh, way like smaller than the other one. And he had a pock-marked face and everything. But if you see all the pictures that that they would show, and he was really he was short. Um, but if you saw the pictures that they paintings and stuff that the Russian people were seeing, you thought he looked like goddamn fucking Jack Palance or something with a big bushy mustache, and that he was this big powerful, you know, you know, like I said, the Man of Steel and everything. So there was a lot of that. Uh, going on and i'm sure we'll have a lot of that with our history too and when unless the shit gets uh set back on on course of uh of normalcy in this country um the big fat fucking uh uh, bloated orange douchebag will fucking look like arnold schwarzenegger with brad pitt's head or something anyway i don't even know what i'm talking about there uh but anyway so i i became really interested in that and then when i would go up to that bookstore and i never even thought about this but it does it does tie in i went when i would go up to that bookstore i i had found um several books on this subject why am i fucking hissing so much are my teeth that bad anyway um i have a biography of lavrenti biria and he was the asshole guy he would be like the um so I, I kind of want to say like almost like a Heinrich Himmler for Stalin, where he controlled all the secret, you know, police and everything, and they would torture people and murder him. Uh, if you've seen this movie, believe me, you'll know. The the one thing about this movie, it's a dark comedy. But when you're watching this shit, this shit is they're not stretching anything. This is the shit that happened. Now, of course, the dialogue and everything, you know. Um, is you know that you don't know what who said what or whatever but number one before stalin died and even immediately after these fuckers were conditioned to be so fucking scared of saying the wrong thing or even the people that lived in russia um were scared to death it was the great terror they were afraid to say anything because uh, even if you did or didn't uh they had these lists and they would bring them into stalin and say they had Five, uh, uh, a thousand people on the list of people to be killed he would hand back the list and say more I want more I want more names I don't give a fuck who they are he didn't care who they were if they were guilty or not and that's like another thing when people say about torture well you get these terrorists and we torture them and find out them motherfuckers they'll tell well then that means that everybody that Joseph Stalin killed uh, was guilty because before they blew their brains out in the bottom of the in the basement of the Lubyanka prison, um, they all signed a fucking confession. 
Why? Because they beat the living fucking shit out of them and tortured the living fucking shit out of them. And they fucking glad they signed their fucking confession and said, yes, I'm an enemy of the state. I was plotting against uh, Joseph Stalin and, and I was plotting against the union of the Soviet Socialist Republic. So it just shows you that it doesn't mean shit. It doesn't fucking bring you good information or anything. But I'm going off on a tangent there. Um, everybody in this was great. Buscemi. Everybody, every character in this was great. This is the best movie I've seen and I don't know how long. Again, because I'm so interested in the subject, I have uh, the uh, Beria uh, biography, which is and and it the the two of the books, the one uh, Joseph Stalin uh, biography I have. There's been several, but the ones that you want to read, I shouldn't say that because. I was what I was going to say is the ones that you want to read are the ones that have come out since the Soviet Union fell. But if you're interested in the subject, yeah, read all the other shit too because, um, like I said, they they there's so much uh, like, uh, and that's even a part of of uh, Archangel when Fluke Kelso, like I said, he is a a Russian expert, history uh, expert and everything. Uh, he even talks about this. They talk about the, you know, if you read this book by Volkogonov or whatever, or whoever, um, uh, it says one thing, but then if you read this, it says another thing. So it, it's it's kind of like when somebody's telling uh, a, a story. Say you have um, Bruiser Brody gets stabbed by Jose Gonzalez in the fucking locker room in Puerto Rico and uh, they have three or four people standing around that were there. Some of them didn't see anything, but they were there. Some of them were in, across the, the uh, baseball field because it was a, like Roberto Clemente Stadium. And they heard things. And everybody tells a little something different. Some of them didn't see shit, but they still talk like they saw something. The Even the people involved, uh, there's... It's like two sides to every story, and in the middle is the truth, and that's how that shit is, too. Um, I like the comedy in this. Um, some people, I think, that watched it didn't get it, and they're like, you know, I'm sorry, I just didn't really get this, and maybe it's over my head or whatever. Maybe it's because I'm familiar with the subject, and like uh, and like I said, the great fear and the great panic and uh, or the great terror and everything, uh, and how all these guys actually were, but... I when I watch this I can ima- of, of the of the stuff that I know about the subject matter I can imagine these motherfuckers acting just like this exactly like this uh and it's so good everybody in it like I said all the actors were excellent um I fucking recommend this I'm going to buy it you know I just rented it to watch it I will buy this motherfucker and I'll watch it again you know what I'm saying so I had two good ones, uh, um, a um, Small Town Crimes and uh, Death of Stalin were two back-to-back really good ones that I liked this time. Oh, there's Thor punching the Hulk. I watched on uh, Netflix Instant, I, again, a rewatch of Thor Ragnarok. Um, just while I was sitting there, the other, uh, I think it was last night, actually, because uh, I had the night off. I decided to turn that on. Uh, I I watch so much shit on YouTube where I'm just watching either political stuff or um, I have certain channels that I follow. This one guy, Vegan Gains, he's pretty entertaining, um, and all his like drama that he has with other people. And then um, he's one of the ones that came out about this other uh, guy who is a vegan guy on YouTube. 
uh, Durian Ryder, um, who is like a cyclist and uh, over in, I think, Thailand. He's, you know, uh, I think Australian, I believe. Um, but then it came out that after these different girls have come out uh, that go over there and they almost have like uh, that vegan gains guy actually says he compares it to almost like a cult. Uh, but they like, like cycle and, um, you know, ride bicycles and stuff. And uh, that durian rider is sort of a guru, a fitness guru. And um, he gets these people to come over. And of course, I think some of them, he, they, he actually, people, they actually pay him for his advice on diet and, and working out and everything. But it came out that these young girls, there's, there's been quite a few of them that have come out and said that, you know, he basically raped them. Uh, not basically that he did. And, um, of course it's in Thailand and their laws or whatever. And, um, they said, you know, if they prosecuted him, they would have to prosecute him over there. And, you know, and he's even on video talking about other people that, um, talking about things like um that these predators and stuff and how they get these young girls and it's their your word again their word against the guy and some of these guys are slimy and all this shit and it's like wait a minute these girls are accusing you of doing this and you're you know and then he's one of these ones when they started putting stuff out like that or they put out stuff about his uh fitness or dietary things that it's bullshit or whatever some of the stuff he's saying uh that he is really vindictive and he tries to get these people's youtube channels taken down uh he harasses them uh they did a uh, uh the one guy said he put out something about him and all of a sudden he started getting all these dislikes on his videos and then you can go in sort of like on these podcasts you can go in and see where you know how many listeners you have where the listeners are and everything like that and he said he he uh got on and checked when he started seeing all these uh negative comments coming in and he looked it up and they're coming from like countries that he doesn't even have listeners in uh, they, it doesn't match up that there's no listeners in these countries, and some of them are like uh, in um, fucking China and South America and all this shit. So this guy, they actually, and, and it, it kind of got me. I didn't know anything about this shit, but uh, that some of these people on YouTube, like of course you have like people like Ann Coulter and these people that will just say the most outrageous, nasty shit, because of course the more clicks you get and the more views you get, you get paid. Um. And so these people are kind of being just uh, provocateurs just trying to get... And and they'll get in fights with each other and create drama just so that they can get more clicks and everything. But um, they also have these things where you can hire people to just... Like uh, when they talk about the Russian troll farms and things like that that you can pay people to actually do that to people you don't like so that you can get their YouTube channel pulled and things like that. And like I said, when that, when that one guy, he's like Norwegian. And, uh, when he went and looked, he did a whole big, like two hour documentary about this guy, supposedly, you know, raping these girls and shit and talk, interviewing the girls and all this. And, uh, that this guy was like hiring these hackers and shit to harass these people and then he would create fake accounts with his own 
you know, that it's him, but it's fake names and everything going on there saying you're full of shit, you're full of BS and everything. So it's really, it's like a new medium. And, well, you know, uh, instead of watching regular TV shows and stuff, you know, there's a lot of stuff on YouTube and you can get kind of, it's uh, the some of the drama is, is pretty um, interesting, uh, but some of it's very tiresome. Like I said, when these people get on there, and it's almost like on Facebook with a lot of this political stuff. Somebody posted um, on like ABC News or something that uh, what percentage of the country thinks that the United States is headed for a civil war or whatever. And this guy just gets on there and he goes, hey, I'm ready for it. Bring it on. We'll take care of these snowflakes, blah, 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 blah. And it's just a guy being an asshole, being a troll. And that's what I was telling a couple of people at work the other day. I said, I'm just getting, you know, I like following stuff on YouTube, but it's all, it's getting to be where there it's becoming so obvious that there are people on there that are just nothing but trolls that are just doing shit, saying shit. If they're, if they are even real that are getting on there and doing shit and saying shit just to get clicks or just to get attention or whatever. And, um, and then, like I said, some of them, it's come out that they said that with these, you know, troll farms and stuff where these people are getting on there just to cause, uh, just to divide people and things like that. So, you know, I was thinking the other day, you know, you want to watch this stuff and stay on top of some of this shit that's going on, but um, you can drive yourself fucking crazy and you need a break from it. Listen to some fucking music, watch some goddamn movies, get away from those fucking screens and go for a goddamn walk. Uh, and, um, you know, just chill out. And th- there's a lot of, uh, provocateurs out there that are that if you follow them closely, like I said, you you're you're thinking that the end of the world is about ready to fucking happen, and you know, oh, civil war, World War Three, whatever, who knows? Uh, or not only that, but just just hey, they, if you're on one side and and um, you're reading this shit uh, and they're spewing something from the other side, where you can just get to where you literally are consumed and become hateful too and somebody at work or somebody that you know that's a friend in your family or something like that might say something and the next thing you know you're ready to never talk to him again and you're like a fucking idiot asshole piece of shit how the fucking uh and everybody's just being manipulated so anyway that's a word to the wise go read a book or fucking comic book or something (laughs) watch some wrestling (laughs) it'll make you feel better listen to some goddamn uh peter paul and mary i don't know john denver uh anyway uh watched uh 2010's beyond or svinalangorna svinalangorna uh and this is um directed by pernilla August and written by Zuzana Alkoski, and that's uh, she wrote the novel. And Perlina August, uh, who directed it, uh, wrote the screenplay. The stars uh, Numi Rapace, uh, Ola Rapace, and Oti Mainpa. I don't know how to say that. Um, I just happened to see this one on iTunes, and it was one that. Uh, I think they had on there for just like 99 cents. Um, let's see what the synopsis says. A drama set in the 19 in 1970 Sweden, 
and centered on a young woman's experiences growing up in a home riddled with abuse and alcoholism. Okay, Numi Rapace is the, you know, um, the main character in this, and she's a mother uh, of two kids, and she gets a phone call um, from a hospital, and they call and say, you know, your mother's in the hospital, and um, you need to come see her. Uh, she's not doing, she's doing, you know, she's really bad. Um, and they ha- are estranged and have been estranged for a long, long time to the point where she's like, as soon as she gets the phone call, the, well, the mom calls first. And she, as soon as she hears her voice, she jumps out of bed and goes in the bathroom and locks the door and um, listens to the mom, but then just hangs up on her. Uh, I did not know anything about this. I didn't know what it was about or or uh, where the story was going to go and everything. Um, it's a really good movie. It's one of those ones that really pulls at your emotional heartstrings because there is... it. To be honest with you, one thing that I thought of the entire time I was watching it is one of my friends... Uh, one of my, my best friend, one of my best friends uh, in grade school and um, all th- like junior high, you know, we used to, he, he's the one that when we used to wrestle, like I, the, the one where I, I fucking gashed my knee open on a piece of pipe and uh, we were both really into pro wrestling and getting the magazines and watching it and we'd wrestle and our other friends would come over and we'd have these wrestling matches out in the backyard or down in my mom and dad's basement Um you know, if if you watch the movie Stand by Me with uh, you know the Stephen King, uh, I guess novel with uh, um, that's kind of how we were, you know, riding our bikes everywhere. Uh, he'd always have like some really cool toys, but he came from a fa- uh, his his home life was not very good, and I when I say that I don't mean it in any disrespectful way because his mom was always really nice to me. But she had a lot of problems, uh, you know, drinking problem, and and uh, not only that, but other, I mean, just other problems that that brought about probably the drinking problem and everything. And I saw a lot of things when I was a little kid, like you know, grade school and like I said, junior high, that I would just think to myself, oh, you know, about his home life and what he would go home to and things like that. And this, this is what this movie reminded me of. So it really did kind of get to me. Uh, and <laughs> like Rolf was saying, you know, watching a, a lot of, uh, new Mira pace, uh, uh, this week. But like I said, the only reason that the girl with the dragon tattoo thing was more just because of the new movie coming out, this just happened to be, uh, on iTunes, you can get on there and it'll say movies that you may have missed for 99 cents, like 99 cent rental. And like I said, um, uh, where you have some of the newer movies on there that come out that that uh, when they finally put them out for rental, they if they're newer, they might be five ninety nine uh, a movie or, or five ninety nine to rent, and then it goes down to I believe like three ninety nine, two ninety nine, and then you get these ninety nine cent ones. Well, some of them are really good. They're just you know movies I'd never even heard of this, and I like her as an actress and everything. Um, but anyway, I recommend this. Like I said, uh, I thought it was really good and. Uh, it's um eh, like I it's just one of those ones that it's kind of like you know it's a good story but it's a it's a tough one you know 
Let's see what else we got on here and how much time we've been going on. Oh, not that long. Oh, this might be a shorty, but like I said, I just want to get something out. Get you guys getting on a regular schedule of fun. <laughs> Let's see, what do we have here? Okay, uh, some other things that I was going to talk about. Uh, like I said, uh, they, they posted a picture from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, which is coming out next year, August of next year. Uh, it's Quentin Tarantino, written and directed. And the picture is of um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. And when I looked at the picture, I thought, okay, are they doing a fuck? For some reason, I thought Brad Pitt in this picture really looked like Robert Redford. And he also looked like fucking, well, Robert Redford directed him in A River Runs Through It. And then they were uh, in that fucking uh, spy movie. What the fuck that's called now? Oh, lordy. Let me look it up. Spy game. Uh, see, I wasn't too far off when I just said that spy uh, movie. Dig it. Um, anyway, they posted this picture, and I thought, are they going to do like a movie about Robert Redford and Paul Newman? Because I thought uh, Pitt looked like Robert Redford, and I and I was thinking, okay, is DiCaprio supposed to be Paul Newman? But then when I looked it up, looked up the picture and everything, it is from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So for the longest time, they really didn't have anything other than just like Margot Robbie was playing Sharon Tate, and I think I had heard that Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. Uh, now going, they they actually did post a. Um, um, on IMDb, full cast and crew and everything, so uh, they've got everybody down and they must be making it. You have um, Margot Robbie, Sharon Tate. Now, Pitt and DiCaprio, they, the names of their characters, and I'm really familiar with uh, the Sharon Tate murders and the whole helter-skelter thing with Manson, and I don't re- recognize either one of those names. So, And this is uh, like a fictionalized version of that time and, and of that event. So they may just be, you know, movie characters that are in there. Uh, because, And then when I started thinking, when I saw that it was, the picture was from this movie, I, I was wondering if um, DiCaprio was playing Jay Sebring and Pitt was either playing Roman Polanski or Wojciech Fajkowski. Uh But like I said, they, they have two different names there. Uh, Dakota Fanning is playing Squeaky Fromm. And if you are familiar like i said with the book helter skelter or the some of the movies that um were made about um the charles manson murders and everything you know who squeaky from is al pacino is in this uh james marson who plays cyclops and x-men kurt russell uh timothy oliphant damian lewis plays get get ready for this steve mcqueen and steve mcqueen does have a connection with sharon tate and that that time period uh, so that's kind of cool. Burt Reynolds as George Spawn, who uh, owned the Spawn Ranch, where uh, Manson's family held up there for quite a while. It was an old movie ranch. Clifton Collins Jr., uh, Emil Hirsch uh, is playing Jay Sebring. Oh, Tim Roth. God damn, this is an all-star fucking cast, Daddy-O. Let's see. Uh, let's see if there's anybody else in this. Just looking at this cast, I'm like, holy fucking shit, man. Um, Luke Perry... BP, Michael Madsen, of course, Zoe Bell, of course. These are uh, uh, fucking Tarantino, you know, regulars, I guess. Uh, nee, 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 nee. No, 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 no. 
Okay, I don't see anybody else or any other uh, um, like characters that are the big characters from that storyline. Anyway, uh, so I thought that, you know, I'm interested in seeing that when it comes out, of course. I hope they do a good job. And like I said, the, the one thing I was thinking is when you watched uh, Inglorious Bastards where they kill fucking Hitler at the end and, and all the, and everybody in the Nazi hierarchy. So I hope they don't go uh, too far off the, uh, off the, uh, the real story with this uh, and go off into some weird fantasy land because you know even i I belong to a couple of groups on facebook that are uh, like uh, memorials and stuff to sharon tate and uh it just still you know my god just that whole thing just makes me sad and i just every time and like i said i'm probably just a fucking emotional sap or something but when i see this this woman who was pregnant uh with her you know first baby and and just that horrific thing and you just imagine what happened there and and uh their, what they were thinking and feeling and nobody deserved that and uh you know it's just an awful awful thing um girl in the spider's web 2018 again this is the one i've talked about through the show that you know i was watching uh, um girl with the dragon tattoo the one thing i saw you know in, in the uh, original girl with the dragon tattoo movie with numi rapace um she has the uh dragon tattoo that covers like her whole back from the top of her neck all the way down to her at the crack of her ass and then when you watch the one with daniel craig and um what's her name rooney mara um the the tattoo is like uh from like her um clavicle maybe it's, it's a smaller dragon tattoo from her clavicle that goes down to maybe her um um what you call that shoulder blade uh i did read something about that in the book it is supposed to go from the the head of it's supposed to go from the back of her neck all the way down to like i said the crack of her ass and they, they said in the english translation uh, it said that it was a small dragon tattoo on her shoulder so it's the the one that numi rapace had in the original one was how it was really supposed to be um this is going to be directed by Feda Alvarez and um, written by Stephen Knight. That's the screenplay. Uh, but it stars Claire Foy. And I was not familiar with her, but I, I had heard that she had gotten like some awards and stuff. Uh, and it was, I think, for uh, The Crown. And I did not see The Crown. So I cannot comment on that. And she, oh, she was in Season of the Witch with Nicolas Cage, which I, I really like that one. Uh, let's see, what else was she in here? Lady in the Van, I did not see that. Oh, The Crown was a TV series. Okay, I did. That's just, I was going to say, I'd never heard of that. Uh, she uh, plays Queen Elizabeth, uh, Queen Elizabeth II. So that's what she's known for, and and some other series, one called Crossbones, White Heat, Upstairs Downstairs. I'm familiar with that. That's a, I guess. Well, maybe it's it was a remake because I know that they had Upstairs Downstairs on like PBS when we were little kids. I think. Uh, so anyway, yeah, she looks. I mean, you know, from what I saw of the trailer, it it looks interesting, and I'm I'm curious as to to. Uh, what the fucking story is actually going to be about? But like I said, I'm, I'll, I'm interested in Elizabeth Salander and seeing what happens to her. 
And what else do we have to talk about on here? I set up some other stuff. Uh, I think Rolf had some different movies that he had watched um, that I was going to just comment on and everything. Uh, he watched 1979's Moonraker, uh, directed by Lewis Gilbert and uh, written by Christopher Wood. And it stars Roger, Roger Moore. Uh, Roger Moore. I never really un- realized how deep Roger Moore's voice was until I started watching those two uh, fucking boneheads in the, uh, you know, the trip movies, and they do Roger Moore. I can't even do it. I'd have to watch watch them because I never realized how deep Roger Moore's voice gets. The one movie that I want to get that um, with Roger uh, that I have not seen, or I've seen it, but um, I think it's out of print, is the one with Roger Moore and um, Lee Marvin. Is it Shout at the Devil? Let me look it up. Got to look up Lee. Uh, I believe that's what it is, and I want to watch that again. I want to, uh, that's when, uh, for some reason, I want to own it. I like these adventure movies like that. Uh, Shout at the Devil, Colonel Flynn O'Flynn. <laughs> Flynn O'Flynn, that's Lee Marvin. That was uh, directed by Peter R. Hunt. Um, Lee Marvin. And uh, Ian Holm. Who else is in that? But anyway, I, I want to watch that again, and I want to find a fucking uh, copy of it, because that's like uh, one of those uh, kind of... Uh, I'm surprised that uh, Andrew McLaughlin didn't fucking direct this because it kind of reminds me of like wild geese and um the goddamn <laughs> jesus christ the fucking uh is it sea wolves yeah that that movie kind of one of those movies that uh, andrew mclaughlin uh would direct high adventure kind of uh, uh sort of reminds me of like a league of extraordinary gentlemen kind of like alan quartermain uh, kind of guys, but I, I like that movie and I want to watch it again. But now Moonraker, I, I got to tell you, um, that was when Roger Moore was really starting to jump the shark, and I'm, it's, it wasn't his fault. I mean, he wasn't he didn't write the motherfucker or anything. But uh, of course, you had Jaws, um, Richard Kyle from um, uh, Spy Who Loved Me, and they took that character because I guess it was popular or whatever, and decided they were going to make a a sequel, I mean, of course, they're all sequels to Dr. No, but uh, as far as movies go, but a sequel to actually The Spy Who Loved Me would be Moonraker, because uh, they're both Roger Moore, and they have some of the same characters and shit in it, uh, including, uh, what was his name that played the cop? Or no, that was in uh, um, Live and Let Die, and then I think Spy Who Loved Me, the redneck cop. Um you got Money Penny, Luis, Luis, Louis Maxwell plays Money Penny. Uh, Jaws' girlfriend Dolly, that was really silly. She looked like fucking uh, Ethel or whatever from fucking Archie Comics or some shit like that. Uh, this was just goofy. It was silly. It wasn't even. It wasn't supposed to be uh, taken seriously. Michael Lonsdale was always good. He was excellent in Ronan with. Um, um, Robert De Niro and uh, Jean Reno, uh, also Sean Bean. <laughs> I'm going off on everything here, uh, but anyway, um, like I said, this one when I even when I, when I was a little kid, maybe when was this made? Seventy nine. Okay, um, I was in junior high when this was made. 
the, these were kind of just done more like uh, it would almost be like you could see Adam West playing fucking uh, I was going to say Sean Connery playing James Bond in this or something uh, but it was alright I have not seen this in a long time it wasn't one of my favorites I, I actually liked um, um, the Pierce Brosnan ones better than, uh, than some of the, the later um, Roger Moore uh, let's see. Now, okay. Now, this one, <laughs> this was just like a more like a trip down fucking memory lane for the whole podcast deal with uh, the connection between Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema and Sylvan Gold and me and all this shit. Was a uh, a little movie from 2008 that was written, directed, and starring Larry Bishop, and it's called Hell Ride. And <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know what it's like. Okay, I have certain movies like uh, Only God Forgives, Hell Ride. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones that uh, I I repeatedly watch and then fucking just bring up every once in a while on the show, even though everybody knows everything that I have said about it and and all this shit. But anyway, Larry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, it's just like an old friend. <laughs> you got the Deuce, David Carradine. Uh, you got, uh, let's see, who else you got here? Cherokee Kism, which could they come any closer to calling her Cherokee Jism? Uh, Pistolero, who's played by Larry. Larry. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Uh, <laughs> Anyway, everybody knows about Larry and my, and my relationship. <laughs> oh, I can't go without saying, let's see. <sighs> Your name's not Bix. It's Comanche. Okay, so anyway, and that was played by Eric Balfour, who I have spoken about on the show. This is when Eric Balfour was... He, I think people thought he was going to be the next big thing. Let's see what what this fucker's got coming up, if he has, is doing anything. And, and you know what? When I first brought up his picture on IMDb, he sort of looks like a more handsome version of Pee Wee Herman. Uh, like Pee Wee Herman's older brother that beat Pee Wee Herman up. Uh, let's see what Comanche's got. Listen, Comanche, what do you got coming up, Comanche? Oh, he's playing in a Charles Manson movie uh, called The Manson Girls. And he plays Bobby Beausoleil, who was, he wasn't involved in the Tate LoBianca murders, but he, uh, believe, was involved in um, the killing of Gary Hinman, where they tortured him, cut his ears off and all that shit. Uh, Linda Kasabian, uh, let's see, who else do we, I know her name, Patricia Krenwinkel. I don't see any actors that... I mean, it looks like Eric Balfour's... The, well, Patty Darbinville. I, I think she was like... A, wasn't she like connected with Don Johnson? Like dated him or something like that at one time? Uh, Dennis Will. They have somebody playing Dennis Wilson. That's interesting. I don't... This looks like it might not be a... Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I mean, it doesn't seem like it has very many people in it that I know. So it might be a straight-to-DVD deal. But still, I'd watch it. I watched that one fucking Manson movie by that one guy. <laughs> Eric Balfour doesn't have too much going on, it seems. Uh, let's see where his career went off the fucking rails. Okay. Dino Shark. <laughs> well, I think I found it. No, I, it might be Hellride. 
Um, what the fucking... What was this fucking guy in? Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Come at you, why are you making all these fucking movies? These fucking movies... Uh, Comanche was also in, te- okay, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was the first movie that I saw Jessica Biel's ass and titties in, which I was pretty impressed. Uh, goddamn, that motherfucker. How old is this asshole? He goes all the way back to 1991, Kids Incorporated. So that was probably when he was a kid. <laughs> uh, I'm a fucking genius. Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman... Ink was it? Was did he go and get like a tattoo on one of those shows? Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the uh, TV series Dawson Creek. I never watched that. Nash Bridges. I watched that a, a, a few times. Don Johnson in that one, uh, and I think Cheech Cheech Marin. But anyway, this motherfucker was in a lot of TV shows. So then he gets up to. Was he in a lot of TV shows? Okay, yeah, he was in that Texas Chainsaw movie. And then nothing really happened, other than he just worked a lot in TV. Then he got fucking picked to be in a movie called Hellride, where he plays Bix, a Comanche. Uh, let's see, Comanche. And then after that, man, I am I think that it's possible that Larry Bishop did not fucking help him out he was in 24, which I assume that is the one with Kiefer Sutherland that said torturing people was cool. Man, Comanche, Comanche, what happened to your fucking career? Skyline, I remember that one because I just watched the sequel to that, which was better than the one that Bix was in, a.k.a. Comanche. And then he steadily, I'll tell you what, motherfucker's working. He's in some shitty movies and and TV shows. And I think the highlight of his career is probably the Texas Chainsaw movie and fucking Plan Biggs. And uh, getting in a fucking, you know, uh, where's Comanche? Where's, where's Comanche? Taking a piss. Probably wouldn't want to get any dust on his dick. You know, that was a... Uh, Anyway, watch Hellride as much as you can because it's fucking great. It's awful, but it's great. Vinnie Jones is awful in it. David Carradine's pretty good in it. Uh, that was I wonder if that was the last thing David Carradine was in before he strangled his penis and his head. Or his windpipe. Let me look. Okay, no, 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 no. What the fuck? God damn it. Okay, he was... No, David Carradine's last movie was The American Connection, 2017, but where's Hellride? Where's that fucking Hellride at? It's dust. It's the best dust that I have ever seen. Hellride was 2008. Man, time flies. Jesus Christ. So you can't blame fucking Larry Bishop for David Carradine wrapping in something around his neck and whacking himself into oblivion. If he would have just stuck with Larry. 
they had a movie called Highway to Hell. The Spirit Guide. That might have been like some kind of Hell Ride fucking <laughs> Hell Ride documentary. Because, <laughs> you know, it needed one. Okay. So let's get off fucking Hell Ride. And let's switch over to Kill Bill Volume 2. Now, Kill Bill Volume 2, which is a very good movie, and Kill, Kill Bill Volume 1, uh, this has, man... Who was in this? Vivica A. Fox. Michael Parks. I love Michael Parks. Uh, Kill Bill movies are fucking awesome. The two of them. Now, they are making another one right now. Um, or, or, I think they're making another one. And what it's going to be, from what I think, I know, unless I got fucking uh, Rick Rocked or something, is at the end, or, or when... Um, the bride kills Vivica A. Fox, and then her little daughter comes out and she says, "You know, I, <laughs> I wanted to say it like that, like Larry. Uh, you know, if when you get older, if you're still sideways about this, kind of fucking find me." Larry Bishop plays Larry Gomez <laughs> in Kill Bill Two. Also, forgot about that. A fucking half. You fucking kids today. Uh, But anyway, so you had not only in Hellride do you have the magnificent mashup of Larry fucking fucking Larry and um, Michael Madsen, but you also have Larry Bishop and Michael Madsen sharing the screen in Kill Bill 2. So, and David Carradine. So, I think this fucking hell, hell. You know, I think Kill, I think um, Hellride was one of those ones that was like, um, well, I think Car- Quentin Tarantino produced it. He got together with Larry. Larry, from what, I found this out just recently. Larry, Larry, Larry fucking, he, f- he told, or him and Quentin Tarantino got together and said, we want to make the greatest biker movie of all time. The the fucking creme de la creme, the godfather of fucking biker movies. Larry goes out after he hears this, I, I guess, and he starts writing it. Fucking Hellride was 400 fucking pages when Quentin Tarantino said, uh, you know... So Larry, what do you got? What do you fucking? What do you got for me? Uh, fucking, we're gonna we're gonna make this movie, and then we're gonna make a fucking movie about motorcycles and pussy and fucking uh, uh, drinking and shooting and fucking and and Larry, Larry fucking wrote a four hundred page like novel that was Hellride. <laughs> he actually put that much into it. Now I'm not saying that a lot of that maybe ended up on the cutting room floor. I don't know. I don't know how that fucking movie could be a 400-page screenplay. He said there was a lot of blank spaces in it. Whatever the fuck that means. And even when I watched him and he was saying that, I had no... He said it was a 400-page like screenplay for Hellride. But he said, but there was a lot of... He goes, I left in a lot of blank spaces... And Quentin, when he read it, said he didn't get it at first, but it took him a long time to get it. And when I'm thinking, okay, when I saw the movie Hellride, and I'm thinking that this fucker wrote a 400-page screenplay or novel that this was based on, 
but there was a lot of blank spaces. I was like, okay, so does that mean out of like, okay, say the first chapter was 20 pages long. Does that mean that there was like maybe four pages and 20 blank fucking pages or big spaces between the paragraphs? And if you condensed them all down, it might have been 50 pages instead of 400. I don't know. And if that is the case, then... Okay, what the fuck was he talking about? If you know, let me know. But if that's the case, then what was the fucking point? Dig it. Uh, another A movie that I found that I want to see... Um, and I'm not sure if anybody else has seen it, so I'm going to look for it and watch it here shortly. It's called Elephant White from 2011. I've never heard of this, and this is one where I found just looking at clips of, like, um, from um, Hell or High Water, from Expendables 2, and shit like that, and it stars... um, Is it... uh, Dimon... Hansao or Dijmon Hansao he's been in a shitload of movies you know who I'm talking about uh, I hope and Kevin Bacon so I'd never heard of it and it only has like a 5.1 on the uh, IMDB but it looked fucking pretty good it's like a just straight up action movie so I want to kind of check that one out if you've seen it, it where the fuck was this thing made because everybody in it's got a name I can't pronounce uh, in Thailand, an assassin is hired by a businessman to avenge the murder of his daughter by white slave traders in Thailand. And that is Elephant White from 2011. And everything's good with bacon, so I'm going to find that and watch it. And then they just came out with this um, trailer for uh, from 2018, Mandy, uh, which is uh, directed, written and directed by Panos Kosmatos. And it stars Nicolas Cage, Andrea Risenborough, uh, and Linus Roche, who I really like. He was on um, uh, a movie called Shot Through the Heart about these two uh, guys who were competition, uh, uh, rifle, like uh, Olympic-level competition shooters in Yugoslavia. Uh, and they're friends. One of them's a Muslim, and the other one's a Christian. And then the the uh, unpleasantness, the war happened over there. And one of them was on the side of the Serbs, and the other one was on the side of the Muslims. And it, uh, that was a really good movie, and I recommend it. It was made for HBO, shot through the heart. And uh, Linus Linus Roche was in, was uh, the star of that, and he was also on Law and Order. And I really like him. Now, this goddamn fucking trailer. It even said this is Nicolas Cage's craziest, most batshit crazy fucking movie ever. And the trailer looks fucking awesome. It looks like something out of a cross between Lords of Salem. um, Oh, what was the goddamn Race with the Devil and Rosemary's Baby or something like that. It looks fucking crazy as shit. And Bill Duke is in it. This may be, have been his last movie because I think he passed away. Uh, it was... Well, he was actually in... It says Mandy um, 2018. But then above that, it has Beyond Silence and it says Completed from 2015. So yeah, Mandy is the last fucking thing he was in. Um, but this movie looks really good. 
uh, looks fucking right, you know, crazy. And like I said, I was just going to pose a question and I didn't ask it on the group and I should have, I'll, I'll ask it later is what is your favorite Nicholas Cage performance? And when I say that, I mean the, the one that you think he did his best, not, not necessarily the most batshit crazy, but the best acting job that Nicolas Cage did in a movie, no matter if it was a shitty movie or a really highly rated movie. But like I said, this Mandy looks really good, so I want to fucking see it. And I, I've there's some, like I said, that um, uh, Nicolas Cage has made some good movies. Um, you know, he lost a shitload of money, got robbed and everything, but I think he spent a fucking shitload of money. Um, and like Johnny Depp... And so he's making a lot of straight-to-DVD movies and things like that. But, man, my mustache is getting really thick, and it's fucking tickling me. Dig. Uh, God damn, there's a lot of fucking movies here I have never even fucking heard of that he's in. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Uh, Prisoner of Ghostland, The Groo- or the Croods 2. I didn't even know there was a Croods 1. Uh, Running with the Devil... He's sort of getting into this devil shit here. Um, yeah, there's a lot of fucking... I still would like to see all these. Um, Dog Eat Dog, that was good with um, Willem Dafoe. The Trust. Okay, anyway, so it paid the ghost. I've seen some a lot, quite, uh, some of these. Um, but I like that one uh, about the witches. Season of the Witch. I thought that was pretty good. So let's move on from The Cage. I want to see that movie, and I think everybody else would want to see it too. Oh, uh, how much time we got, y'all? Yes, 144. Let's look at some of these questions. I just posted uh, if anybody had any questions to ask. So there's probably not that many on there, but let's get on it and wrap it up. Because uh, I'm just babbling. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Cage, yeah. Good to see him making some interesting shite. Questions. So I'm going to ask some questions. Oh, there's been a couple more since I last looked. Okay. This is from Maris, Uh in Australia. I can't remember if this one was something you've spoken about before, but thinking about your recent post about breaking away, what are your favorite sports-related films? Uh, Maurice says... Uh, his is Breaking Away and The Setup. Okay. Favorite sports films? <sighs> right, right, uh, right off the top of my head, one of my favorite ones is um, Miracle with Kurt Russell. Uh, he plays um, Herb Brooks, who was the uh, ice hockey coach for um, USA uh, when, they, when they beat the uh, Russians in the Olympics and won the gold medal. I just, that one just, I thought it was done really well. I thought it was super realistic. Um, I watched her Brooks coach in the, well, coach that team, but then also coach in the NHL and, um, you know, just what happened to him. And he left this world way too soon in a, in a tragic accident. Uh, but I really, that when someone says best sports movie, I really like that movie. I really like the movie All the Right Moves with Tom Cruise and um, Chris Penn. Um, these are just ones that are coming to, m- to mind. Um, 
not just because of the sports, but just the story, you know, um, because it reminds me a lot of um, high school and football and that, that, you know, they were, I believe that took place in Pennsylvania or was it West? Yeah, so I think it was Pennsylvania because uh, Chris Penn gets a scholarship to go to West Virginia to go to WVU. And, uh, but anyway, I like that one. And of course there's like several boxing movies um again not as much for the boxing but like raging bull and some of those movies like that revolved around night in the city and stuff like that revolved around boxing um and um oh what's the one uh requiem for a heavyweight with anthony quinn where he plays mountain rivera who is a boxer and then at the end he's like pro wrestler uh, gets involved in that sort of the way it's it's sort of the uh, story of uh, Primo Carnera it has uh, Jackie Gleason and um, Mickey Rooney in it. I thought that was a really good one. Um, of course, the movie Goon. I thought that was just excellent. Uh, and Slapshot. They're done more as a as a funny thing about hockey. Um, and baseball. The Natural just is one of those ones that just pulls at your heartstrings and everything. Eight Men Out was a really good baseball movie. Basketball movies? I'm trying to think if there's any like really good basketball movies. Um, I remember the TV show The White Shadow with Ken Howard where he had been like a NBA basketball player, I think, and then he goes and coaches basketball at a, at a uh, kind of a inner city high school. Um, North Dallas 40 is a really good uh, novel by Peter Gent who played uh, for the Dallas Cowboys and of course that was turned into a movie with Mac Davis and uh, Nick Nolte and it's a really good movie, it's a, it's an even better book but because I was a Dallas Cowboy fan um, and uh, there's a book called My Heroes Were Always Cowboys if you want to find out like kind of like the true story of the not, not, uh, uh, not the fictionalized version but uh, it has, it's just a book that has um, stories told by all the old cowboys. It's got Don Meredith and uh, Pete Gent, um, who, like I said, with the Mac Davis and um, uh, Nick Nolte characters in uh, that movie, and people telling the different sides, like if. If Pete Gent says, you know, well, we, you know, uh, everybody was smoking pot and stuff like that, well, then they'd have Leroy Jordan, who was a linebacker for him, and he would say, well, you know, he may have been doing that, and some of his people were doing that, but I never did that, and a lot, and a lot of the other players never did drugs and all this and that, which they were living in denial because they were doing speed and everything else. Um, there's been some really good car racing movies. One of the best that I've seen as far as that looks really good is uh, Le Mans front with Steve McQueen. That was like his passion project. And after I watched it on Blu-ray, I can see why. I mean, it was just a beautifully shot movie. Um, the, the story, uh, the actual um, drama and the story was almost secondary to to the almost documentary style feel of the movie. But uh, how he shot it and how, you know, the, the colors and it just uh, of the cars and everything and, and um where they have it, it was just spectacular. But I also did like the story and uh, uh, Grand Prix with James Garner and um, the, the one with, um, I think it's Champion. Is that what it is with Paul Newman? 
and Robbie Benson. That was a good one, but it, like again, that was one where the um, um, or that's that's winning. Uh, that was the one where um, the story, uh, the drama, and everything was was uh, kind of more important than the sport. And a uh, big Wednesday, as far as surfing goes, um, was a good surf movie. But again, it, it I think it captured uh, really well that time and period and just growing up and how uh, at the beginning of the film they're just kind of freewheeling you know high school kids or whatever and then it goes through the whole transition of growing up and you know having to put some of that stuff behind you and how some people handle it and don't um, um, Endless Summer is a good documentary about surfing and then on the other hand um, on any Sunday and I've, I've talked about this uh, a lot on the show in the past on any Sunday is like one of the best movies about motorcycles whether uh, that's ever been done and that includes just about every facet of it as far as competition goes as far as racing dirt bikes um, um, MotoGP uh, trial bike riding if you've ever seen that you'll know what I'm talking about where they have these really small thin motorcycles and I've seen uh, and they they it's such a balancing act it's not and there's no speed to it they just have like these giant boulders and things and these guys will balance uh, themselves and go up over these boulders and rocks and everything and and you are uh, tested or scored on um, how well you do and you get points taken off if you have to put your foot down you you continually try and balance yourself on that bike with both feet on the pegs um, um, and barely moving you rock back and forth and do th- crazy things like that uh, and it's so good and the movie connection to that is is that Steve McQueen is in it because he was an avid motorcycle rider as well as a as a race car driver so that was really cool Lee Marvin and Keenan Wynn were also two other um, um, motorcycle riders that like to ride in competition and there's several uh, uh, documentaries about like the Baja uh, which is a motorcycle and car race uh, uh uh, race to Dakar, which Charlie Borman, John Borman's son, who's been in, uh, he was the kid in um, that Powers Booth. Um, oh, what the heck was that movie called that we covered on the show? And now I look up Powers Booth and I'm thinking about uh, hankies to put in my back pocket <laughs> when I go to the bar. Uh, the green, what is that? Uh, what the heck's that called? I can see the thing in, in my mind. The box cover art and uh, not breeder Emerald Forest, obviously green. Emerald Forest. Charlie Borman was the kid in that, and uh, Race to Dakar is one that he did after he and Ewan McGregor did Long Way Round. Uh, and this is just about Charlie and him wanting to race in that in that race, and it's really good. Uh, and as I'm getting off on documentaries and miniseries and shit like that, I'm just thinking of different sports and. Uh, Soccer. Uh, the first thing I think of is uh, victory with Sylvester Stallone and Michael Caine. I don't know how um, much of a, of a of a it's a it's a POW movie. A la The Great Escape that has soccer in it. It uh, revolves their scheme revolves around soccer match and everything. 
Uh, and then there's there's some wrestling, like amateur wrestling movies. Uh, the one with Paul Giamatti, where he coaches the little kid, uh, or not little kid, but I mean high school kid, um, uh, was really good. What was that called? Um, and Paul Giamatti. I'm trying to think. Is he? There was somebody I saw the other day, and I'm trying to think who it was. That their dad was somebody really famous, and I did not realize it until I read their biography. Mersh. Paul Giamatti. Oh, Paul Giamatti's dad was the commissioner of baseball that fucking uh, suspended Pete Rose. I never knew that. Uh, until just the other day, I was looking it up, and I, I saw Bart Giamatti and... Uh, um, I'll have to share that with Love because he's a big baseball fan. Um, but that wrestling movie, what was that called? Because it was pre- it was really good, nice little movie. Uh, I sound like a douche when I say it. Let's see a nice little movie. The Phenom, maybe was that it? Vision Quest. No, Phenom was uh, the, a good baseball movie. That was uh, the one with Ethan Hawke. That was a really good movie. I liked that one. Uh, kind of showed um, it was one of those ones that sort of about the the dad that goes too far and is that he's you know he's going to make his son a fucking great athlete by you know being such so, so, or you know tough it's almost like he's training his son even since he was a little kid and just a you know a dick uh, but just almost like a coach but he's your dad. Um, but anyway, I can't find that one, but uh, there's a, it's like I said, an amateur wrestling movie. Paul Giamatti plays the, uh, plays the coach. And I thought that was really good. There was one that I wanted to watch, uh, that came out. And again, I cannot remember the name of it. Um, I can't remember if it's called the wizard maybe. And it was about a kid from, I believe, Iraq or Iraq that comes to the United States and um, he's um, goes through all of the uh, problems as far as being um, of Middle Eastern heritage and people being prejudiced and stuff like that but he uh, becomes a really good amateur wrestler I think it was based on a true story uh, and I'm giving you stuff now that, and like I said, I did because I wasn't thinking about looking it up, uh, or yeah, not looking up, but even talking about this. So I don't have some of these things up here in front of me. Uh, but those are two good amateur wrestling movies. <laughs> you know, there was a movie with, uh, just off the top of my head, like a river runs through. It was a good movie about fly fishing. Uh, it wasn't about fly fishing, but it was the best goddamn movie ever about fly fishing, probably, even though it was more than that. Um, and again, there was a, I was just thinking of a movie with Rock Hudson. Um, that was really good, kind of a lighthearted comedy um, back in the day where he uh, was propped up as this great sportsman, like a, a fisherman and things like that, but he really didn't know jack shit about any of that stuff. And uh, he didn't want like they he didn't want to get exposed or something. Uh, I don't know if it was sort of like secret, not secret life of Walter Mitty, but sort of like that. A good football movie is Paper Lion with uh, 
Alan Alda playing George Plimpton. When I said The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, well, George Plimpton actually went out and said, okay, I'm a writer, and I want to know what it's like to um, play professional football. So he goes to the Detroit Lions, and later he went uh, and played for the Baltimore Colts. But in training camp, he went through their training camp and uh, actually uh, you know, got the shit knocked out of him, got to stay with the guys in the dorms and training camp and go through all that shit, learn the playbook and got to play some in practice. And, uh, I think they put him in, in the movie, they put him in for like one, um, one play or something like that in a, in a scrimmage. Uh, and so that was a good one too. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good ones, but like I said, right off the top of my head, I'd have to go with miracle with Kurt Russell because that's the first thing I thought of. But if I said her and the rock Hudson movie was called, uh, uh, my favorite sport. I believe that's it. Let me click on it just to see. Uh, author and best-selling fishing guide is actually incredibly, incredibly inexperienced when it comes to the sport. Uh, and that stars Rock Hudson and Paula Prentice, who was really good looking. And uh, that's, like I said, The Rock, I like some of his old movies. He was one of my mom's favorites, so that's probably one of the reasons that I am kind of have like a little bit of an attachment to him. Plus, just all the shit that people gave him after they after it came out that he was gay, and then he died of uh, of AIDS and stuff like that. But, you know, you go back, and, like, and, and when I think about, um, like I said, just him having to go through the stuff that he went through and if it was today where so many actors and so many people are out of the closet, uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, you know, be nearly as bad. It's almost like Elvis with the drugs. Um, if Elvis, a lot of people say if Elvis would have lived, uh, during like this time right now, he may have gotten help and gotten straight and everything. He did go to the hospital and they put him in there and dried him out and stuff. But that was more like one of those deals where, he went in and got all the drugs out of his system because they locked him in a room or he couldn't get anything. And knowing Elvis, they were probably smuggling shit in there to him anyway. But it was more because he was Elvis and he was embarrassed. And and it was one of those things back then and even today uh, up until just recently where people thought, well, I'm not a druggie and I'm not a junkie or anything. I got prescriptions for this shit. But then when you see some of those documentaries on YouTube and stuff of, that the Memphis Mafia put out about how things were done and everything, I mean, they were full-blown, you know, you know, hooked on shit and everything else. Um, I really wanted to look up, if you'll bear with me, that Paul Giamatti wrestling movie and the other one. Because, like I said, I sit there and talked about it, and uh, I feel stupid that... Uh, Okay, the Paul Giamatti movie is called Win-Win. And uh, like I said, I really enjoyed that one. I thought it was done really well. And that's another one, uh, almost like um, I was saying about uh, Moonlight, uh, about a, uh, the guy, uh, the, the the kid who kind of comes from a um, crappy background or whatever, and Paul Giamatti kind of takes him under his wing and everything like that. Um, Takedown with Lorenzo Lamas was a good movie about amateur wrestling. Um, and what was another high school? I'm trying to think. Oh, Hoosiers. When I thought I was saying, was there a good basketball movie? Hoosiers was a great fucking basketball movie with Gene Hackman and Dennis Hopper. 
and let me look up that one about the um, The Wizard, yeah, I got that right <laughs> off the top of my head. Uh, and Vision Quest uh, was also, we covered that on the show, another really good amateur wrestling movie. But The Wizard is one that I've forgotten about that came out a, a couple years ago and I really wanted to see. And the synopsis of that is, in 1980, a teenage boy escapes the unrest in Iran, uh, Iran, I'm sorry, only to face more hostility in America due to the hostage crisis determined to fit in he joins the school's floundering wrestling team and one of the reasons i wanted to watch that was um um in the middle east uh especially like iran and iraq um i think more i'm well both iran and iraq um they're like national sport if it's you know if you if it's i'm sorry uh amateur wrestling is a huge um national sport over there and in india um and um i was thinking soccer too but um but that's a a big sport over there and uh the wizards um also has a william uh fickner in it who we all know and love and uh john voigt who i used to love and still like his acting um so i want to see that and i'm going to make a note of it right now because i forgot about it and dee 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 win win and the wizard 2016 okay people let me see we probably have a couple more questions i've i for, fucking forgot dig it uh the fish who saved pittsburgh was a basketball movie yeah with uh dr j and the Will Farrell when you know when i said about dr j he was the aba you know, legend before he came to the NBA, but uh, Will Ferrell made that one movie about the kind of about the ABA teams. Uh, who's your favorite singing uh, cowboy sidekick? Okay, I'm not 100% sure, but uh, the first thing I think of as cowboy sidekick is Gabby Hayes. Yeah, what are you doing over there, Duke? You coming? And and when John Wayne like played singing Sandy, you know, when he was really young before he he be, hit it big with uh, the Big Trail and Stagecoach, John Wayne was making some of those like. Roy Rogers type movies, uh, singing Sandy. Hey, that's singing Sandy. And they, of course they dubbed his voice cause John Wayne probably couldn't sing for shit, but you had, uh, Walter Brennan and Gabby Hayes were, were the only two, um, really big, uh, cowboy sidekicks I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, I did like Jack Elam and, um, w- uh, as the sidekick to John Wayne and, uh, that wasn't Rio Lobo. El Dorado. Or was that El Dorado? Because El Dorado and Rio Lobo were kind of the same movie, except made at different times. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, Walter Brennan, he kind of talked like this. You know, uh, and uh, I think Gabby Hayes had more like no teeth. <laughs> hey, Marshall, what are you doing over there? That's still Walter Brennan. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, any movie from the Yugoslavia Balkans uh, you guys like? Okay, the one that I was talking about that, that revolved around that was um, Shot Through the Heart with uh, Linus Roche. And um, the one movie that I liked that I finally got to see and then I saw the documentary of the making of it um, was the one with Yul Brynner 
that the that um, actually like the the uh, government of Yugoslavia actually uh, financed and everything, and they had Orson Welles and uh, the Battle of the River. Um, ne- oh, I'm sorry, I'm scrolling here. The Battle on the River Neretva, Neretva, from 1969. And again, this was one, this was like a, a partisan movie, uh, and uh, about like, um, uh, them, uh, them fighting, um, the, uh, Nazis. And who else is in this? It had a really like an all-star cast. They had the, like I said, the backing of the entire, you know, uh, of Marshall Tito. Uh, it had Yul Brenner, Hardy Kruger, Franco Nero, Orson Welles, Kurt Jurgens, um, and I had not seen this for a... Uh, I had never seen it. And um, I think I actually... I think it might be on YouTube now. But then again, they... Uh, let's see, it's directed by uh, Velchko Bulajic and um, written by Stevan Bulajic and Radko uh, Jurovic. Uh, and uh, some... I don't know if I would say that the movie gets a bad rap because I think some people will say that because they think it's communist propaganda. Um, But like I said, I enjoyed it. And not only that, but there was a, there was a documentary. Let me find it because I want to steer you toward that too. That was on Netflix that was excellent about the making of this because this is one of those ones where the making of documentary was almost as entertaining and interesting as the fucking movie and that one was let's see battle of the river battle on the river Naretyeva documentary. Now, how come that wouldn't bring that motherfucker up? Okay, let's look at Wiki. Wiki, Wiki will help because I'm sure that they'll have a thing down here at the bottom that says, "Hey, check this out, Daddy O." Reception, yada yada yada, Orson Welles, Orson Welles. Who said Orson Welles? Oh, that was a uh, fucking what's his name that was doing Dune. <laughs> I said Dune. I've never seen Dune, but I said Dune. God damn, is that one that I'm gonna have to rewatch again? Too? <laughs> Fuck me in the ass, god damn it! Why don't you bring this shit up and see what the fuck it is? I can't find shit on here. <laughs> Go crazy. Oh. Uh... Evening with Orson Welles. Okay, I can't find the goddamn documentary, so go fuck yourself. I'm moving on to the next question. I was under two hours, and now I'm going to be three hours because I keep looking shit up. Uh, <laughs> um, there was a... What was it? Oh, well, I'm, I'm fucking... Uh, what's his name? Um, Force 10 from Navarone was a, was a movie that... I don't know if it actually took place in Yugoslavia, but that goddamn son of a bitch and... Uh, partisans and Chechniks and all that shit I think were over there because I believe that 
uh, Force 10 with Harrison Ford and Robert Shaw and uh, Edward Fox and Carl Weathers were going over there to blow up a goddamn uh, dam. And I think it was in Yugoslavia and they were chilling out with some uh, fucking uh, Marshall Tito's partisans. Uh, and my nephew asked a uh, question. The question, this isn't even a question, dude. You just said Vince Russo. <laughs> That's not a question. He's a douche, bro. Um, the Vince Russo is no relation to Rene Russo or James Russo. He was a wrestling uh, booker and uh, writer or whatever uh, that was one of the people responsible for the height of heights in the WWF Attitude Era. And then he went and left and went to their rival in WCW and without Vince McMahon reeling in his crazy shit, uh, he thought that pro wrestling, that they, that, that, um, rest, the actual wrestling and the championships and things like that didn't mean shit. So they were doing a wrestling show, but he didn't even care if they had any wrestling on it. He thought everything should be like the Jerry Springer show. He thought everything should be shock value, like uh, Howard Stern, uh, shock jock, uh, reality TV, Jerry Springer, uh, just fucking uh, trashy reality TV shit. And when I say Jerry Springer, uh, there were some professional wrestlers that actually came out later that booked guests for the Jerry Springer show and came out and said that it was fucking fake. They would have people that they knew that were either other wrestlers or other rednecks that they knew from Tennessee and shit. And they say, Hey man, you want to go on this show? Here's what you do. You pretend that you this is your wife. She's cheating on you. She's pregnant by somebody else. You want to have sex with your daughter, blah, 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 just white trash crap. And it was all bullshit. It was fake. Um, so, bro, listen, bro, Vince Russo, bro, and Vince Russo says bro a lot, and he was one of the people responsible for WCW World Championship Wrestling being $67 million in the hole by the time they went under, and they had they were backed by uh, Ted Turner, had uh, free TV on WTBS because Ted Turner owned that, and they basically sunk the fucking company and went $67 million in the hole. And even though it was the highest rated show on the network that it was on, they fucking canceled it because it fucking went down the tubes and they were losing hemorrhaging money and uh, uh, it sucked. Let's see. Uh, you want one more of my questions? Really? This is from Rolf. Uh, I think Loaf should answer all of those of mine. He skipped. God damn it, Rolf, just ask a fucking question. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I will have Loaf answer all your fucking questions. I want to get off here before three hours. But okay, I've got one. Do you watch the World Cup? Do you care? Especially as the USA didn't qualify. I get shit for, for not rooting for my country all the time, but I love to watch the games. Always happy to see the underdog win. Okay. Loaf watches uh, World Cup, I believe and is into it quite a bit. Um, I have watched some games um, because he's into it and some of our other friends are. Um, but uh, I did have a uh, Manchester United fucking t-shirt one time and I didn't know jack shit about any of it other than like watching uh, uh, like 
what is it, Mean Street Hooligans or whatever, and uh, Victory, and I played some soccer in gym class in high school, which we just ran around, we didn't know what we were doing, just ran around, kicked the ball, and shit like that. Um, but no, I, I'm not I'm not an expert, I don't know any of the players. The one thing that I liked when I watched it on my, you know, high-def TV and everything is, um, I, I thought it, I, I just, the, the, I think it would be fun to go to a game as long as nobody rioted and tried to kill you. But um, just the spectacle of it and the huge crowds that they draw and the singing, the the crowds when they sing the, the, the songs, you know, I'm forever blowing bubbles, pretty bubbles in the air, whatever, and that shit. And, the, and there's like a goddamn 100,000 people singing along and all this shit. I just, I find that all really cool. I fucking despise like the hooliganism and things like that. I don't like that in sports over here. I don't like uh, going to a baseball or a football game or wrestling or whatever and people just being shit-faced drunk and causing problems. That Then you're sitting there nervous that you're going to get in a goddamn fucking brawl or a fight or that somebody's going to say something or do something. Or I hate that shit. Uh, I, you know, and I don't think there's any... Um, reason to have it or to allow it uh i think it's moronic and stupid and i think it takes away from the sport and the fun that you should be able to go i mean it'd be like going to see a fucking movie in the theater and there's uh 10 guys there and they they're drunk as shit you know making a bunch of noise and stuff and you're you're worried that you're going to get the living shit beat out of you you know who the fuck wants to do that and assholes like that should fucking stay home or just go to their jail cell and and fuck off because you know uh, that's just one of those things that just makes me so goddamn mad i just like to fucking knock the fucking shit out of them just for being douchebags fuckers i'll put the goddamn fucking bulldog headlock on them <laughs> cowboy bob ellis baby yeah okay so anyway that's all the questions and if somebody else asked a question while i was sitting here fucking doing these which i'm sure they probably did no okay that's cool um so anyway, we're over two hours, so you got your money's worth of <laughs> being on here going, let me look this up. But okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the fact that some of the movies that I brought up that I had not prepared for, um, I found th- the actual movies, and uh, I'm going to fucking look up some of them and watch them, and maybe some of you guys will too. And, um, like I said, this was an impromptu thing. I wasn't planning the show or anything. Just went for a walk, came back, uh, and I thought we went pretty early. And I got back, and I know what time I'm going to go to sleep, which is probably about half an hour. And I thought, okay, well, why not jump on there and fucking do a show? So, anyway, um, hope everybody is doing well. I hope we don't lose any more fucking, uh, whatchamacallits? Are they fans? What are they? Uh, Loaf says hi. Not really. Anyway, he's online right now, but he's at work. So anyway, uh, we'll get uh, his ass back in gear here one of these days. He's got this new job and shit. And uh, he watches movies. Hey, and by the way, Justin Oberholzer, the Cinemascus from Suplex Multiplex, uh, said he watched one of the movies that I recommended uh, a bunch of times called Smoke from 1995 uh, that stars Harvey Keitel, William Hurt, and uh, Forrest Whitaker uh, and Stockard Channing and this was directed by Wayne Wang and Paul Oster and he really liked it and uh, I'm glad he did because like I said that's one of my favorites and um, Augie Wren is one of my favorite characters in a movie that Harvey Keitel played so I just wanted to mention that Uh, 
who else we got out there uh, oh, what the fuck else we got gentleman's guide to midnight cinema the feminine critique uh we've got uh see here podcast um who else do we fucking have out there god damn it are you serious i think uh, mr chris is is still uh putting one of those out every once once in a while um <laughs> talk without rhythm uh horror helm weekend is coming up in august um i'm not sure if i'm gonna go or not i'm going on vacation in september but that's uh it's uh horror hound is in august and there's going to be a lot of fucking people a lot of stars there that i really want to see and some really good looking ones too so i you know who knows maybe i'll get in the car and go for the day or something like that uh but i i hate it i don't want to say that i'm going to uh because then if i don't i'll be like everybody else that says they're going to and doesn't <laughs> and i might be able to just go incognito and walk around and see some hot babes and uh, you know maybe i'll maybe i'll marry I'll, I'll fucking hook up with a movie star or something you know oh uh, anyway uh the first purge is coming out july 4th i like those purge movies and i'm i'm now i'm doing just imdb shit so anyway from uh dr zom and larry um uh, hope you enjoy the show and uh leave us some i was gonna say leave us some feedback but i don't know where you would leave it or why uh if you like the show you like it you've been here for a long time so anyway uh thank you guys for your support and for listening and hopefully we'll be uh bringing you another one soon and i'm gonna start watching some more movies here uh starting tonight for the next show Ticket. Have a good one. Ciao.